Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Katie Smith and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network, a production of Baylor Athletics. John Morris, Katie Smith, alongside Happy Merry Christmas, Christmas week. Yeah. We got a podcast coming up, really fun, as it ties into the Baylor Air Force uh, Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. Yes, coming up on Thursday. So excited about that. And, I mean, who better to join us this week than Colonel, doctor, you can call him all kinds of things. <laughs> very, very decorated, very, very impressive person we have today, Walter Matthews. But we're going to call you Sparky if yes, that's indeed. good with you. Please do. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Welcome to you. We appreciate you being here. You. Merry good Christmas to, to you. Merry Christmas. And and so we're going to say Sparky because you told us to. Yes, okay? yeah. absolutely. That's who, that's who people know me. Okay, as. I love that. <laughs> I mean, normally I, it would be Doctor Matthews or Colonel <laughs> yes. Matthews, yes. but if you say Sparky, just Sparky, don't call me is. late for dinner. There you go. But I'm bummed. Very good. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, ready for Christmas? Absolutely. Look Absolutely. at you. Family coming in. I've got a daughter in Dallas, a daughter that's here at Truett. Okay. Uh, and so parents are coming in. So it's it's we're really looking forward to the rest of this week and this weekend. Oh, that'll be great. So you're hosting Christmas at your house? Well, kind of. Kind of. It's not a, not a big family, but uh, we, we've had everything up in, in our house since uh, Halloween, actually. We wow. are part of the there problem. You go. That's <laughs> not a problem. That's an Air Force family tradition for us. So <laughs> we, we, we celebrate Christmas for a long time every year. I wow. Like there is nothing wrong with that. I think it's great because it gets here and then it's over. Right. And then you got to put everything away and it's hard to do. So you've extended that time, Absolutely. which is really, really great. Tell us about your background. Where'd you, where'd you grow up uh, and sure. your background? getting to Baylor. So I grew up in Round Rock, okay. uh, just a little south well, of here. Too far, <coughs> yeah. Me. And um, uh, never really considered going anywhere but Baylor University. There you go. Love uh, that. Don't, couldn't tell you why. Okay, so uh, no family? Just not, I was the first member of my family to go to Baylor. Cool. All my family went to UT. Huh. Uh, I was born with burnt orange hair, so that was kind of a, a thing. Uh, and so I uh, uh, came to school here, always wanted to be a doctor, so uh, started with pre-med. Uh, went through that, finished, went to Baylor College of Medicine, uh, and went on the health profession scholarship program with the Air Force. Huh. And so they paid for me to go to med school, and I figured I would serve my four years uh, <laughs> and go into civilian practice and found that it was too much fun to do anything else. Wow. And so 28 wow. years later, wow. uh, I retired about two and a half years ago and then came back to Baylor, <laughs> came home to Baylor. Yeah. Uh, to teach and to pref uh, prepare the next generation of physicians, wow. just like Bill Hillis, my mentor here, uh, prepared me. Wow. So you, you said you always wanted to be a doctor, but yes. did you always want to be a doctor in the military, or what kind of opened that door? Oh, that's a great story. So so Dr. Hillis, uh, my the spring of my se uh, senior year, I was in class, and he announced that there was an Army and an Air Force medical recruiter on campus mm. that day. And 
that that's how he had gone through medical school. It was a great uh, mm-hmm. program. And so if you're interested, this is where they're going to be. That went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> so I stood up to leave. Uh, and as I passed him, he grabbed me by the shoulder and he said, you know, you really should go talk to the Air Force recruiter mm-hmm. because I think the Air Force would be a great fit for you. And it's worth just finding out, you know, what they can offer. Yeah. That was good enough for me. Yeah. And wow. the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> that is a great story. And I know some people listening to us will remember Dr. Hillis mm-hmm. and remember him very fondly. Absolutely. Obviously, he impacted your life greatly. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I, I, I say with humility that that is what. I want to be here at Baylor mm-hmm. is I want to be Bill Hillis for this generation of students that That's are going neat. on to med school. That is so cool. Wow. And exactly what you're doing each and every day <laughs> is stepping towards that. So tell us a little bit about the courses that you teach, sure. kind of what, what you did this past semester. So I, I teach uh, set courses in the fall and the spring in the fall. So I teach pathophysiology every semester wow. and that is the introduction to human disease. It's intended for senior pre-med students and it's their first introduction to actual medicine. Mm. And so the thing that they've always wanted to learn their whole life, they finally get to learn yeah. in my class. Right. Which it, and that's so exciting to be mm-hmm. that first guide for them on their their journey towards being a physician. Yeah. Uh, then in the fall, I teach two, uh, two uh, first-year seminars for Honors College pre-med freshmen, I'm, my appointments in the Honors College, on what it's like to be a doctor, how to lead as a physician. Mm-hmm. And then in the spring, I teach two sections of the history of medicine. Mm-hmm. And I teach that in the medical humanities department, and I teach it from a physician's perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different than what you might get from a historian, because I, I we talk about the history of medicine through the lens of the practice of medicine today. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, you talk about that goal to be like Bill Hillis and right. what he was for you to other students. And it sounds like the courses that you teach just couldn't set kids up more for that great mentorship relationship to, to show them what it is like to actually be a doctor. Cause I, you've done it. You've seen it. Right. I sure hope so. And I, I tell my students that I teach to support my mentoring habit. Oh, <laughs> I love that. that. I teach so I can get kids to mentor. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. What was your undergrad experience like here at Baylor? So it's, my goodness, it's looking back in the mists of time. That's so long ago. Not it's that hard now. to remember. Not that far. A couple uh, of years. It, it was a fantastic experience. You know, I tell my students that the things you remember are, are the, the really, really good times and the really, really bad times. Mm. I don't remember a whole lot of really, really bad times here at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I remember moving into to Penland, you know, my dad and my mom and I carrying stuff up the back stairs to mm. room 304. That's wow. where you moved to Penland. Oh, nice. And good memory. <laughs> remember my first class. Remember graduation. Remember uh, all of the different things that, that I did here. Um, and, and some of the, the professors, Dr. Pennington, Dr. Hillis, uh, some of those folks that really made an impact on me. Yeah. Wow. Trying to think. So that would have been like 30 years ago. So when did you graduate? I, I graduated in 92. 92. Okay. 92. So right at 30 years ago. So I'm trying to think of athletics during that time. Also. <laughs> so I, I was in the band. Oh, okay. And so well, what instrument I, do you, I did play, you play? I played the French horn. There oh, you go. Nice. And so uh, I was in the band, and so I went to every single football game there my freshman go. year. There you go. I was in the band my freshman year. Yeah. Oh, and great. that was Grant Taft's last year coaching. Yeah. Okay. So I got to see yeah. Coach Taft uh, finish his career here, and yeah. that was really exciting. Very nice. So. 
historic. It was really a historic season, 92, with Coach Taft stepping down yeah. as the head coach. All That's right, good awesome. reminiscing there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that was fun. So then talk a little bit about, so Dr. Hillis mentioned mm-hmm. this to you in class. Hey, I think you'd be a great fit for it. Did he ever elaborate on why? Like, why would you be a great fit? What was it about you that he thought? military would be a good route. You know, Katie, that's a great question. I asked him that (laughs) many times over the years. He and I became very close friends. Yeah. And, and he said that, uh, I, I don't know. Wow. I, I, I couldn't tell you why I reached out and grabbed you by the shoulder. Yeah. He said, all I can say, it was a movement of the spirit. He said that, that, that was, he didn't know why he did it, but my goodness, he set the course of my entire life with that 20 second interaction. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) That is really cool. He obviously saw something in you and led him to make that suggestion and look how life-changing that was. Well, I'll tell you what, I I did okay. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you were pretty good at it. Uh, Yes. Suffice to say, uh, here are some of the, uh, Katie, here's some of the uh, background information. Uh, Past Baylor for Sparky, uh, Dr. Matthews, a former Air Force flight surgeon, hospital commander on the war front in Afghanistan. Wow. Winner of military honors ranging from the Bronze Star to the John M. Collins Military Strategy Award for Excellence in Writing. we got to talk about your writing. (laughs) Wow, yeah. And how about this? Kept that off with the first Surgeon General of the United States Space Force. So the Space Force. So when when John told me that we we were getting to have you on the podcast, I started looking. I started looking into you, Sparky, Doctor Matthews, <laughs> and tell me. I mean, like to me, that sounds like just about the most impressive title you can have, right? Yes. Space Force. Say it again. Space. US, sur- US he was surgeon. the first Surgeon General of the United States Space Force. The first Surgeon General of the United States Space Force. So to be the first of mm-hmm. like, how did that come about? Why you? Well, I would love to tell you that somebody saw something really special <laughs> in me, but I was in the right place at the right time. Hey, there's something to <laughs> that. That's right. When, when I came South back battle. from Afghanistan, uh, I, I uh, had an assignment to the Air Force Space Command, okay. which is one of the 11 major commands that we have, or at least at the time. And uh, as I, so my family was staying in Abilene while I was gone. Okay. And when I, I flew back to Abilene, picked them up, we packed up the house and started driving to Colorado Springs mm-hmm. to Peterson Air Force Base. And uh, on the way, I hear on the radio President Trump's speech about we're going to start this thing called the Space Force. Yeah. Wow. And I knew at that moment that my life was going to be wow. very different than expected. That's great. And so over the course, so I was there for two years. And over the, f- the first year and a half, we were working towards, you know, getting ready to stand up that new branch of the, of the Department of Defense. Yeah. And on December 20th, I believe, so, oh, my gosh, that is... Today, today's Whoa. anniversary. It, it, well, that, we obviously did that. That's right, right. We knew it all. <laughs> so, December twentieth of twenty nineteen, okay. uh, the Space Force was officially stood up, huh. uh, and there was a ceremony at uh, at the White House. And uh, General Jay Raymond, our, our first Chief of Space Operations, was there along with our Chief. And at that point, all of the Air Force Space Command staff became the initial staff of the U.S. Space Force. And so I'm, I wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't go before, you know, the Senate and get, uh, you know, confirmed as the Surgeon General. But I, I was, so I was the first acting Surgeon General of the Space wow. Force when yeah. it first stood up. So. That's incredible. Wow. Were you there at that ceremony at the White no, House? No, no. Okay. We okay. were all watching it on the televisions cool. at headquarters. You know, I, in the back of my mind, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Because I just remember Space Force, U.S. Space Force. I mean, it just seemed so 
so wild to be Futuristic. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah very <laughs> I much. I remember thinking that as but well. But it was real, and it was happening, and you were right there from Absolutely. the very beginning. Well, you know, it's interesting. At our first staff meeting after General Raymond came back to, to Colorado Springs, he, we were in our big conference room. He's sitting at the head of the table, and all the staff officers are sitting around. And he went to each one of us and said, what do you see your directorate's role in the Space Force and in, in what we've just started? And they went around the room. And when it got to me, I, I said that, you know, for the last 70 some odd years, sp- uh, space medicine has consisted of preparing astronauts to go to space. Mm. Once they get there, there's not a lot of things that we can do hands on. Mm. We do telemedicine. But what I see my role as is preparing to practice medicine in space. Mm. In space. So that is, you know, how do we do evacuation from low Earth orbit? So how do we send an ambulance to space, mm. to Earth orbit? How do we move patients between orbits of different planets? You know, if somebody gets hurt around the moon or around Mars, how do we, how do we get them home? Right. I hadn't even considered someone getting hurt up there. Exactly. Yes, that, that makes so much sure. sense. Well, and the, re- the really exciting thing is eventually we're not going to bring them home. You know, if somebody gets hurt on Mars, that's a nine-month trip one way. You know, if somebody breaks their femur, you can't, you know, just bring them home. So how do we do medical and surgical interventions on the surface of other planets? Wow. Wow. So that, I said, that's what I'm thinking about. about Now, when we got around to the, what's called the S3, the the space operations guy, that's, Mm -hmm. he was an astronaut, Jack Fisher. And uh, he said, boss, I've got a question. He said, so when you say we are the defense, you know, we're we're part of space defense, what are we defending from? Are you talking like aliens? Yeah, what are we And General Raymond looked at him and kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, if not us, who? Wow. So, I mean, that's the measure of this man's strategic vision is we don't know what's out there, but if the earth needs to be defended, we're the ones. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's fascinating. That is Sound exciting? Yeah. That that was an exciting meeting to be a part of. (laughs) Okay. So, and again, if I'm asking anything classified, just shut me down. But but he's here, J-Mo, we have to ask. So maybe we don't know about the, the later part, but when you're talking about Injuries on Mars and things like that. Is mm-hmm. there a timeline for this that as you're kind of working through these things and you're leading these efforts that, that you personally think? So so I, I don't know. But, you know, so when people ask what is the purpose of the Space Force, it is to it's to defend. Yeah. And so, in fact, our, our uh, Space Force members are referred to as guardians. Just mm-hmm. We have airmen, sailors, Marines, soldiers, and guardians. And so if, if exploration on Earth has taught us anything over the course of hundreds of years, is you can only hold that which you can defend. Mm. And so when we go to establish a long-term presence on, you know, on another planetary body, we're, we're going to need to be able to defend that location from whatever comes and so that's that's what the space force eventually will be and we do not send military members into an austere environment into combat into any kind of conflict without medical support right there and so if we send our individuals for long-term you know presence somewhere else we're going to have to have a medical presence there as well and so that's what nasa is really good um, but they don't do a lot of in. They don't do pro- medical projection mm-hmm. the way the military does. This is something we've done for, 
you know, as long as we've existed. And so that will most likely be our role mm. is to do that medical force projection to other planets. Interesting. Dr. Walter Sparky Matthews, our guest on the Sikkim podcast. You can call him Sparky. He told us we can call him Sparky. Absolutely. Hey, I've had the privilege of calling games, telling stories like this great story about Baylor athletics for a long time. Storytelling is an art. There's a network in town doing just that. Rogue Media Network has produced over 80 original podcasts and shows ranging from comedy, true crime, business, and sports. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. You can find Find this podcast and all the other great Rogue Media Network shows on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, uh, so sort of the idea of having you on with us this week is the bowl game on sure. Thursday. It is Baylor and Air Force, the Air Force Academy uh, in uh, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Eamon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. What are your thoughts uh, as Baylor, <laughs> yeah. your alma mater, matches up with Air Force? So, so first of all, it's really important to know that <clears throat> that there is that the Air Force Academy and the Air Force uh-huh. are not necessarily the same thing. The Air Force, point, you know, we we get our our. Uh, we get some some outstanding officers coming out of the Air Force Academy, but the vast majority of people in the Air Force w- have never worked at the Air Force Academy. Okay. Were never, you know, aren't acad- graduated cadets. And so I, I did have the the privilege of of uh, being the hospital commander and the command surgeon at the Air Force Academy for three years. And okay. so I do have some experience with that. But I, for that reason, I've had many family members that have asked me, so, so who are you going to root for? <laughs> and I said, are, are you kidding me? Don't you know me? It's a slam dunk That's answer, right. right? That's right. I mean, the, the, you know, I'll always be an airman, yeah. but the Air Force Academy is what I did, uh-huh. but Baylor's who I am. Oh. I, I, I there mean, if there was a subtitle no of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. He's wearing a Baylor green Absolutely. polo right now as we record this. So very good. Very good. No, uh, no conflict whatsoever. No, pulling for Baylor. I, I do have some non-monetary wagers going with oh. us. So <laughs> okay. my, uh, okay. my friends yeah. from the Air Force, the Academy uh, grads. Yeah. So the 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 uh, hospital commander at the Air Force Academy now. Uh, was my surgical squadron commander when I was the commander there. So he's a, a mentee of mine. Wow. Uh, we've talked. And unfortunately, none of those guys are coming down for the game. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's just because it's at TCU Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a barrier for me, I don't think, for yeah, right. <laughs> but, um But they, uh, they're not going to be able to make it. But uh, there will be some conferences and some get-togethers where I will be wearing uh, an there Air Force Academy go. lapel pin if yeah. they win. And they will be wearing a monstrously large, <laughs> interlocking BU on their lapel wow. if we win. Nice. When we I win. love yeah. that. <laughs> That's great. What about uh, as a medical doctor? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be cold uh, <laughs> on yeah. Thursday. That's one. That's one <coughs> preparation factor for this game. But also for the Air Force Academy, the the uh, Falcons, the football team. Sure. I mean, they train at altitude all the time, don't right. they? I mean, they're in Colorado mm. Springs. So yeah. they, they train there, but the, the academy is built on the side of a mountain huh. uh, on the front range of the Rockies. And so the front gate is around 5,000 plus. The, the cadet area is at 7,000 feet. Oh, wow. So they live yeah. more than a mile up, almost a mile and a half. Huh. Um, but the, you're right, the Falcon Stadium uh, altitude, I think, is 6,300-something. Okay. Um, and so they they 
live, they work, they work out, they train at this altitude. And for the same reason that the Olympic Training Center is in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. they get some natural blood doping that goes along with that because of the low oxygen yeah. tension. And so when those when those kids go play on, you know, closer to sea level, they don't get winded. Wow. But, Ooh, I mean, because, be the, nice. I mean, that's just, that's just the way sure. it is. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting. You and I were talking before we started that uh, the bulkhead of the tunnel at Falcon Stadium that both teams walk under to go to the field says that uh, this field altitude is 6,300 plus uh, feet that exercise at this altitude can result in extreme illness or death. <laughs> or death. Oh, my goodness. Subtle. Right. <laughs> Very subtle. Right. Isn't that great? Oh, gosh. I'm glad the game's not there. <laughs> yeah. So on, on the other side of that, though, is, you know, when you talk about the service academies, every cadet, whether it's Army, Air Force, or Navy, when they graduate, they have to meet accession standards to mm. join the military. Okay. And so, you know, you, you know, whereas Baylor can recruit a 350, 400-pound, you know, right. center or nose guard or, you know, these really, really big guys – the academies can't do that mm. because at the Air Force Academy, you have to be a second lieutenant when you're done. Mm. Wow. And so that puts them at somewhat of a disadvantage, I would think. Mm. Yeah. But on the other hand, Deuce Vaughn kind of blows that out of the water. <laughs> with, uh, with, I think Kansas State. Right. But, um, uh, you know, on the other hand, they are, you know, their cardiovascular conditioning is going to be far greater right. because of the altitude where they live. So it'll all come out in the wash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and probably such discipline that those right. student athletes have even more so than student athletes everywhere, I bet. You know, it's funny at the academy, the, the joke is going that the only guys that, that uh, they really get to do whatever they want are the football team. Everybody <laughs> else has these rules that they have to live really? under. And the, and the football, those are a little bit more bendy. Yeah, a little more bendy. <laughs> <laughs> but it is incredible discipline that they live under every single day for four years. Wow, that is incredible. What a great matchup. It's going to be fun. And and I, uh, Jim Arthur, is their play-by-play guy. And talking to him, I said, Jim, I got I to gotta tell you, I have great respect for our military and what they do and the discipline. That's yeah. a great word, discipline, you know, and their training and everything. But, so how do I pull against I, Air Force? It's hard you know? to cheer against them. <laughs> I mean, them. I don't want to cheer against them. You're, you're pulling against the Air Force Academy. There you Academy. go. Not the Air Force. Thank okay. you for that, Grace. So, yes, so the, the vast majority of airmen <laughs> in the Air Force are, are not going to be have their feelings hurt okay. if the Air Force Academy loses this game. Oh, okay. This airman certainly won't <laughs> right. be offended if we that know happens. you won't. There you go. I think that's, <laughs> that's good. Great. Will you sleep better tonight now, John? Yes. yes. <laughs> that clears my personally. mind. <laughs> so on that note, let's talk about your time in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So how uh, you said tw- we said 28, 28 years? 28 years. Wow. And so during your time as a flight surgeon, mm-hmm. just for you know, is maybe I'm the only one that isn't familiar with flight surgeons, but tell me what the day to day of sure. that looks like. So, and you're not the only one. Oh, Very good. few. You know, people ask me, "How do you do surgery in the back of an airplane?" Yeah. No, 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 no. That's I not mean, what that's <laughs> that's where I was going. So, flight surgeons a very old term. Just like a battalion surgeon in okay. the army is not necessarily a surgeon. They're just that's the position that they hold. Mm. So, aerospace medicine is a discipline of medicine that flight surgeons practice. And aerospace medicine, the best way to describe it, is every other field of medicine is looking at abnormal physiology in a normal environment. Mm -hmm. Most of aerospace medicine is looking at normal physiology in an abnormal environment Mm. and looking at how that abnormal environment affects illness, injuries, and the ability to actually function in the the, 
aviation environment. Wow. So a flight surgeon basically is a is a primary care and occupational medicine physician mm. for a single ocu- singular okay. occupation of flying. Mm. And so on a given day, that's what made being a flight surgeon so much fun. I did something different every day. Yeah. So in a given five-day work week, uh, you know, usually two days I would be in clinic seeing patients. Mm. One day I'd be doing administrative uh, medical paperwork. One day I'm out doing shop visits, industrial shop visits, maybe in a, uh, you know, a bead blast mm. painting booth or something like that, making sure that, you know, the occupational medicine portion of, of my job was being done correctly. For folks weren't being exposed to things that they shouldn't be. And then one day was flying. Mm. So flight wow. surgeons in the Air Force uh, are required to fly four hours a month to maintain their currency. That's wow. the minimum. Wow. And let me tell you, a bad day flying is better than a good day doing most anything <laughs> else. I love that. That's awesome. And, and when you're, you know, I'm, I've got time in 27 different airframes. Wow. And that's everything from F-16s to KC-135 refuelers, C-17 wow. Globemaster uh, transports. But getting in, getting in the back seat of a pointy nose jet is is just about as much fun as a as a doctor can have. Wow! So I would sit back there thinking, I I can't believe they pay me to do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's not skip over that too fast. You've flown F 16s mm-hmm. Man, you're right. You're right. That <laughs> would be who enough. Else, who else, Katie, have we had on our <laughs> podcast that's flown an F sixteen? Yeah, no one. Yeah. So <laughs> now, when I say fly, I w- I was a crew member. Yes. I was not a pilot. Okay. Uh, but uh, in the F-16, they have a two-seat model. We call it the family model. Uh, and uh, the flight surgeon flies in the back seat okay. of that, uh, of that wow. aircraft. But can't take off. You can't land. But once you get up there, the, pi- the very first time I ever flew, uh, I was out at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. And we're up. We get to altitude. And the pilot says, okay, Doc, you ready to fly? <laughs> I said, okay, your aircraft. And I feel the, the stick shake. And it's like. And I'm flying the F-16 in fingertip formation with the vice wing commander of the base. Oh, (laughs) And so I'm just, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. (laughs) This feels like Top Gun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, so I'll tell you that uh, I assume that you've seen the most recent Top Gun movie. Yes. So really great movie. Yeah. Really exciting. Enjoyed going to see it. But, But the flight. The, the flight path that they take and the things they do in that in yeah. in that uh, movie, that's what we in the Air Force call a Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. That's so, so so those low level routes and the pitching up and rolling over. Yeah. That was a standard attack <laughs> oh formation that we Wait, did. Wait, that's so. amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Cool. That is great. That's Tom a great Cruise, story. Man. I thought you were going to say it's very Hollywood, but it's. <laughs> no, I thought so There's too. a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Actually, most of those flying sequences were were real. They were actually flying wow. in the aircraft. So. It was Wait, fascinating so to watch. Cool. It was. Really cool. Cast iron. You have to have a cast iron stomach, right? Yeah, and cast, rolls like that. cast iron middle ears. Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you do it enough and you beat your body into submission. It doesn't bother you anymore. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, really great to visit with you. And uh, thanks for sharing what you do. Could we come and just sit in one of your classes one you time? Are more you were going to ask welcome. about the plane. No, <laughs> like, no, no, I don't want to put down for that. But the class, I would love the to The class to. where he talks about these things, not necessarily yes. us in the f Absolutely. You are welcome anytime. I think it's great. So I'd love to know more. And uh, we appreciate you, and we appreciate you uh, sewing into the lives of the Baylor students the way you do, and yeah. uh, like Dr. Hillis did for you. So absolutely. It is really, really cool. 
Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to yes, you. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. Have you been looking for a new podcast to listen to? Are you interested in true crime, funny one-star reviews, or inspiring stories? What about the history of Waco or the famous people who have lived and worked here? All these and more are produced by Rogue Media Network. There are over 80 different shows, including this one, with more coming all the time. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. Watch on YouTube or listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this was fun. This right? was so fun. <laughs> really good. Week before Christmas. Let everybody know uh, we will have a couple of, um, I want to say best of yeah. uh, episodes yeah. of our Sikkim podcast over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So you take some time home with Kennedy. I will. Kennedy Kalikimaka. Kennedy Kalikimaka minus the Kalikimaka. <laughs> <laughs> but Merry Christmas to you. Merry you Christmas. and Chase yes, and Kennedy. and you and your family. Wow. I mean, that was so cool to get to have him here. I mean, yeah. I, I knew he was impressive, but like talking to him just the number of different things that dr matthews has done is just absolutely incredible very impressive very impressive so appreciate him very much and that is this week's sikkim podcast we wish all wish all of you a very merry christmas and a safe holidays and god bless you and your family uh and be safe if you're traveling and uh, we'll be back in the new year how about that we will looking forward to it for katie smith and for retired colonel colonel walter matthews sparky matthews <laughs> i'm john morris that's this week's sikkim podcast powered by rogue media network you've been listening to the sikkim podcast powered by rogue media network the sikkim podcast is a production of baylor athletics